0: Hello, and welcome back to the Sabbatarianism Podcast. My name's Justin. I'll be the host of this podcast, as with all the other podcasts, I guess, uh, for Sabbatarianism. Uh, I have back with me my good friends, Richard Davis. Hello, Richard.
1: Hello, Justin.
0: And Neil Saul. Hello, Neil.
2: Hello, Justin. All right. So,
0: today, we are going to be talking about the differences between the covenants— being the covenant made at Mount Sinai and the new covenant. Uh, fair to say? Yes. Okay, that's a, we wanted to get that right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Richard isn't big on titles, so uh, that's what we came up with. Um, but anyway, Richard, uh, you want to kind of explain a little bit about what you want to talk about, and we'll we'll get going on this?
1: Well, of course, we've already gone over everything, most of everything in detail as we went through the history of the covenants, because it explains that. But I'm beginning to think it would be valuable to just make a concise uh, podcast or two, whatever it takes, to just go over the, the two covenants and the the difference between them. Uh, there is much disagreement about that everywhere. Yeah. And there's a... A lot of misunderstanding about what the word even means people equate the word the covenant with the law and a covenant not a law covenant is a legal mutual agreement between two parties and in the bible god continually refers to his relationship with israel as a marriage a marriage it's a type yeah. of
0: type of contract
1: yeah is what it is a contract
0: Well, I I remember on one of the podcasts, I I don't remember which one it was, but you and I were doing it and it it finally got through my thick skull of what you're saying here, that it wasn't the law that was nailed to the cross. It was was the covenant, covenant. Yes, the original covenant from Mount Sinai, not the law. The two are not synonymous with each other. They're two different things. One is a covenant. They're related to each other, but They are two different things. The law is different than the covenant.
1: Right. The law, as it applied to ancient Israel, was everything God told them to do. From the time the covenant began till he cast them off. And that's what the covenant said. Obey my voice. That's right. Anything I say to you, you are to obey. And they said, we will do that
2: and and it was uh, a similar contract that god had with adam and eve
1: yes when he said yeah.
2: you know all these trees you can eat of including the tree of life but not the not this one
1: believe me and obey me yep there you go that's it now you have people that will go back and forth from the new testament writings of paul and different things and say well Uh, where Paul said, once a covenant is ratified, no man can add to it or take away from it. I even had one man arguing with me that that everything in there is, uh, nothing could have been added to it. I'm trying to get my thoughts right here to make sure I don't misrepresent it. After that, original agreement nothing could have been added so later on when he spoke the words in deuteronomy he had to make another covenant with them there and Uh that don't apply to the first covenant and i said no wait a minute the original covenant was anything that god says from that day forth you are to obey and they said yes we will do it that gives god the leeway to say anything in the world he wants from that day forth as a commandment they are to obey it and he said you can't make a covenant like that I thought, well, there it is right there in Exodus 19. Uh, but, you know, he had something else in his heart, so he didn't want to accept that. <laughs> it's, uh, I'll be the God and you be the people, you obey my voice and you'll have all these wonderful blessings and untold potential beyond that. That's what the original covenant was. The original covenant wasn't static. No. Well,. The original covenant was the original covenant, but the law wasn't static. Okay. Because as we'll see when we go through here, God gave them first the Ten Commandments, and then they disobeyed after that, and then many things were added because of that transgression, just like Paul said in his letter to the Galatians. Uh, And God had every right to do that. The covenant between God and Israel was a marriage covenant. And believe me, when a man and a woman get married, the husband and the wife do not have a list at that wedding ceremony about every requirement or everything that will ever come up for the duration of that marriage and anything they didn't list there doesn't apply.
0: That's a good point. That's
1: nuts. Yeah. So we won't even talk about the stupidity of that (laughs) beyond this. It, All right and the law of course, is well, that can mean several things and it does, I think as Paul uses it, but it was just the word of God that God has given to mankind. You could say there's the law that's given in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, but when you turn to the proverbs, uh, the prophet David and he was a prophet, and his son Sam Solomon, there's all kinds of wisdom and godly instruction within the book of Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. So it's not just covering the, the first five books of the Bible. It's the entire word of God is law and instruction on how we should live, and it has eternal value.
0: I think it's also really important to point out that the law was never about justification. Paul says that flat out in Galatians. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Never about that.
2: Or, or eternal life. Yeah. That's, that's right. What,
0: yeah. Have it a Satan can't set that you up, up. Right. It can't set you upright. It can't give you eternal life. And it never has.
1: I want to try, to, as we go through here, to say it's close to like a skeleton, concise description of things that we go through so that we make it pretty clear about what the differences were what the major differences were and what some minor differences were. And then there are uh, differences in precepts and faith and in judgments. But, you know, that will take wallowing in the rest of the Bible for years in order to go through all that. So That's a
0: warning to Justin and Neil not to take us down rabbit trail.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or myself. Myself. But if we're going to go through the differences in the covenant, I guess that's a very... First place we should start is there in where the covenant between God and Israel is first given in chapter nineteen of of Exodus. We we'll
2: start
1: at verse five. Yeah, why don't you read that, Neil?
2: This is the English Standard Version. Uh, now, therefore, if you—this is God speaking—if if, now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant. You shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, of; for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. He's talking to Moses. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Contract.
1: So Moses brought the words of the people to the Lord. So there you go.
0: There's the contract.
1: That's it. That's the contract. Now you say, well, there was no blood sprinkled. There was none of this. And you don't find that until chapter 24. Well, we'll figure that out as we go along. Because in Jeremiah 7, God said there was no need for that until they broke the covenant and everything changed.
2: Well, then, then he tells the people to be ready in three days because he's going to come down. And and then he gives them the Ten Commandments.
1: That he spoke to them out of his own mouth, out of the cloud and fire. They heard him, and the Bible says it over and over and over. And this idea that God came down on the mountain and gave wrote the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone to Moses, and Moses gave them to the people, is false.
2: And originally he he would have written it in their heart. Yeah. Like he,
0: that's what I was going to say. Go. This is the offer of a loving wife right here, right? That's right.
1: That's right. He spoke to them face to face out of the cloud and fire. And that's
0: why no blood was needed. This was a loving relationship offer.
1: Right. Just like it's not needed for us. Right. Because it's already been done right. by our Savior. Right. That For that moment, that was possible for them.
2: In, in Exodus 20, in verse 18... It says, when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning, the sounds of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off, meaning away from God. That's right. And said to Moses, "You speak to us, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die." And that's when everything covenant broken. Yeah,
1: broken. Covenant broken. Moses said to the people, "Do not fear, for God has come to test us." And that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. But the people disobeyed.
2: They stood okay. far off. That's
1: right. Now, we're told later on, we'll skip forward to that, but not spend too much time till we get there, in Hebrews 12, that that was a horrible sin that they did and led to their downfall. And he, we're warned as Christians not to do that.
0: Well, they, they basically right here, and I'm not saying this was their intention or something that they knew in the, in the front of their heads, but they have rejected the loving wife offer. That's right. And have instead, by their actions, chosen the bondwoman relationship. Yeah. That's right. Right here.
1: And God said that in Jeremiah 7. He said, you wanted to follow your old idols, and I called you up forward, and you went backward. I called
0: you to be near. You stood afar off. That's and right. wanted somebody in between you and me.
1: That's right. Now, uh, those commandments, the Ten Commandments, were spoken to God, by God, out of the cloud and fire to the people. He said to Moses, you come forward and stand between us so the people will know that I am the God you're, you're communicating with. And then he spoke them to the people. And then they disobeyed and... You don't see God writing them on tablets of stone and giving them to Moses to come down the mountain with until chapter 32. This is long after these events happen. And that signified the fact that they did not want them on their hearts. So, therefore, they were written on stone. That's very symbolic. Yeah.
0: I, th- I think there's a little misunderstanding here, and I won't go down a, a- a deep rabbit trail here. But mm-hmm. people say, you know, gosh, there's all this fire and lightning. They were told not to come onto the mountain or they will be killed. But there were proper boundaries set up. Right. Well, there were proper boundaries that said you can come up to here. I want you to come near. And I've, I've the mountain, if you go too far, it will kill you. But you can come up to here and I want you to come near. And they chose not to.
1: And we don't know exactly at that moment. And I don't think it really says for certain whether That happened later on the day or the next day or whatever. We know that initially they came to the boundaries and heard his voice. Okay. And then after that, they refused either to come. Some will say, you want them to come on up where Moses is? I don't know about that. But they refused to come near even to those boundaries again and went because it said they went and stood far off away from God.
2: And, and when it says, you know, to Moses, when they told Moses, you speak to us and we'll listen, but don't let God speak to us lest we die, that's like getting up the morning after your wedding. Yeah. And your wife telling you, you know, I don't want to talk to you again. You got to talk to yeah. my representative.
1: Yeah. That's exactly it what shows it a
0: lack of trust. Lack so there trust. is no loving relationship there. That's right. Right there.
1: That is the thing that people don't stress. They don't know. I don't know what it is or they reject. And one of the reasons I have said, and I I don't think I'm completely right about it, is everybody wants to be a mediator between God and other people. So if we accept the fact that when he said what you have said is good, as we're told in Deuteronomy 5, that... uh, God then afterwards said, All the words that they have spoken are good. That's not the original text. What it says is they have well spoken what they have spoken. Where are you at here? Deuteronomy 5. Okay, I, let me find you. It starts in verse 28. Okay. The, and the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spoke to me, and the Lord said to me, "I've heard the voice of the words of this people which you have spoke; they've spoken to you. They are right in all they have spoken." That's what he said. Now the original text says they have well spoken what they have spoken. That's right. They would have been killed because people with that kind of heart will not be in the direct presence of God. That's what it meant. And later on in Numbers, when he uh traded the the firstborn for the levites and then made the levites to camp around the tabernacle it said to keep the people away lest they bear their sin and die and that's the what it's referring to you said if you came near me you would die I was a mean old god you didn't trust me okay you come near me again and I will kill you that's simply what he's saying let it be as you said and you're right with a heart like
0: for what you wish for. Yeah,
1: a heart like that, you, you better believe you shouldn't have come near to me. So it's not saying I was, God was not saying, oh, I was wrong, and these people were right that they straightened me out. You need a mediator <laughs> of another man. Now, of course, Moses was, it says, a prophet, and he would raise up later a prophet like unto Moses, which is Christ. But there again, that shows... That, mediator, that as it turned out, mediator Moses was the mediator that typified the real mediator that we would have. But we are told here in Deuteronomy 5, and I mean, it is plain as on your face. Deuteronomy 5, verse 2, The Lord our God made a covenant. This is the children of Israel 40 years later. there on the plains of Moab right before they go into the promised land. And he said, "The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us, those who are here today, all of those who are alive." Okay, let's just take it right there. If you were to take the time as we did in the yeah the original history gain the, the context covenant, of the yeah go previous back to, four chapters. Yeah, that when he says our fathers, he's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's saying, it's a different covenant I shared with them than I share with you. And the covenant that they came away from the foot of that mountain with was later ratified in chapter 24 of Exodus. Once again, God said, now, gave them instructions, and they said, all the Lord has said we will do. And this is where Moses put the blood of the animal on the altar.
2: And and the people.
1: Yeah. And... We're clearly told in Jeremiah 7 that God spoke nothing about such as that. Originally, he just said, obey my voice, but they wouldn't do it. So everything after those Ten Commandments that he spoke to them face to face is the law of Moses. It's the
0: law that's for a bondwoman relationship.
1: That's right. It's God's law as he administrated it through the mediator Moses that they sinfully demand.
0: And it's only needed if you want a bond relationship with God. If you want a loving, trusting relationship with God, he will put his laws upon your heart. And that's how you will be led.
1: That's right. And that takes a miracle from God. Absolutely. Okay. That's not something we can do. Right. And we'll get to that when we get to the new covenant, because there is the major difference right there. Okay. But we will expound on it when we get there. But, that covenant, what it might have been, it was then altered when they demanded the mediator. And its it was because of their hearts. And you would and One might say with well, them, why God, did God commend, continue with them? Well, that's a good question. Moses. His promise
0: to Abraham. Yes, his
1: promise to Abraham. He was legally bound because of the oath that he made to Abraham in Genesis 15 when he passed through the halves of the sacrifices at these events. Their beginning now with these people would occur.
2: Although he was willing to destroy him and start over with Moses. Yes. But he would have still had to com- complete this. So yes. I, I
0: think another thing for us to maybe define here is covenant and oath. Covenant is you do this, I'll do that. It's a mutual
1: agreement. That's right.
0: Whereas an oath is a one-way thing saying, I am going to do this. Yes. No I'm, matter what.
1: Yeah. He, he swore that. Yes, and that becomes an oath in Genesis 22. When God, before that, it was a covenant, right? But when the oath to Abraham is what he swore when he swore it in Genesis 22, because Abraham had offered up Isaac, and he said, "Then there's no longer just a covenant. If you will do this, I'll do that, because you have done this. I'm going to do that for you." So, here he's legally bound to these people because of his oath to Abraham. So he continues with them, like he does with all of us. In a diminished relationship, when he comes on to us and has to, then how's he going to control them? He uses a diminished relationship order. And, and
0: Paul called this the schoolmaster. That's or right, tutor.
1: That's right, and we can go back. I don't want to rehash all this because it's in the original yeah. series of the history of the covenants. He goes back there and he put the mediator over them. And then when we get to numbers, he took away the the firstborn. Even in chapter 24 of Exodus, we see the the elders going up the mountain with Moses and Aaron with his meal on the sea of glass. Well, there were no Levites there. There was no law concerning the Levites except for the Aaronic priesthood at that point. Yeah. Okay. There were no there was no role for Levi. Well, that occurred in chapter thirty-two when he came down from the mountain and they were had the the golden calf and he told and he said who will stand with God and Moses and only the Levites would. So we're told very plainly in the book of Malachi that's the reason God traded the Levites for the firstborn. See that's that shouldn't have been that way.
0: It cha- and it didn't change because God had failed. It changed because the people had failed. The people God. had
1: diminished the bar- the yeah. bond wife who really didn't love her husband had diminished Made the marriage. Error. Yes, and so he he trades them, and he makes a covenant with Levi. But of course, we won't go into that uh, because that's like I said, we're not going to get to the whole thing. We'll have another twelve serious podcast here (laughs) but the levite shouldn't have been there same way with the passover and you have people that will deny that the passover was ever a domestic sacrifice you kept in your home and yet it says right there the original passover in exodus 12 that that's the way you're to keep it and to share it between you and your neighbor and put the blood on the doorpost signifying the the death of the future savior that would pass over you on your own doorposts.
0: Yeah, and in that description, th- there is a futureness. It's not just talking about, okay, this one time, do this. There is a future type text For, or, or yeah. instruction it in it. He said, there.
1: You shall do this throughout your yes, generations yeah. from, from now on. Right. Okay, but that changed because they would not accept him. There were no sanctification in their home. When the elders refused to come up to him and said, We won't do it. Then they were firstborn, which is the heritage of the elders, were traded for the Levites. And when you get to Deuteronomy 16, there's a different instruction. He said you were to go up to the place the Lord shall place his name. And at that time, it would have been the cities of the Levites. And that's where you keep the Passover and don't leave there until the morning. Well, that's a change in the law because of transgression. And that has to deal with their continual removal of themselves from God. So, from this point on, this is a covenant of bondage. They're in bondage under the law, under control. As people, Paul said it very plainly to, in his letter to Timothy. This, this order was made for liars and thieves and murderers and all kind of evildoers that never wanted to obey God in the first place. It's
0: not made for a loving wife who trusts him and desires to want to do his ways, to, to be led by him that with her heart.
1: Or, as Paul said, not for a righteous son, yep. One, yep. a son that wants to love him. and uh, Make him proud and do what he says. That's right. So there are many things that are in it that are legitimate laws. If you want to know how God deals with this kind of thing, and if you're faced with similar situation in your life, go into God's word and see what he did. That's not done away. Just because maybe he doesn't have to deal with a righteous son or, or a wife that loves him in that way doesn't mean it's done away. And that's where we would get to the... <laughs> When Isaiah said he didn't come to abolish the law, he came to magnify it and make it honorable. Well, we won't discuss that right now, but (laughs) (laughs) somehow magnify and make honorable means to abolish. I don't know about that. Uh, But as this covenant progresses, we get down to the final book in the, as we call the Old Testament It's the book of Malachi. And the book of Malachi is a witness to the failure of the priest and the Levites to fulfill that role which they had to uphold the nation in righteousness.
0: And it's like the final straw. This is why the next part has to come. Yeah. It
1: had to be stopped. And Malachi Apparently it was the final prophet that brought the name, the word of the Lord to that nation.
2: Well, and and so many, so many times they will use Malachi to show that we should be tithing to the church, but it's that whole book is is written to the priests and to the Levites, not to the people.
1: Yeah, well we yeah well of course there was nobody tithing to anybody at that point, but it's because of the corruption of the. Levites and the priests, the Levites were supposed to tie to the temple. There is no command by God in His law anywhere for the people to tie to the priests in the temple.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the, the Levites were supposed to do that.
1: The Levites received the tithe of the people as their rightful inheritance.
2: And and not the best of, but t- the tenth one.
1: That's right. You find that in the end of the book of Leviticus, the, the tenth. Not the first of ten, but the last of ten. And not the best. Whatever came up, that's what you got. Just like so the people. So if you had
2: nineteen, you tied the one.
1: <laughs> well, that's the way I would see it, and I think that's probably true.
2: And and the Levites though were supposed to tithe the best to yeah. the to the temple, that's unblemished okay. and and so on. Okay, and they weren't doing that. Yeah, they, you find, they were sending yeah. blind and mm. de- decrepit animals and what have you.
1: Yeah, that's the only tithe that went to the store chambers of the house of God. Right. But that's a that's a whole. I don't want to get off, like I said, on tithing because that's a whole. we to and I have drug it, you off course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but it's a valid point. Yeah, uh, they had become so corrupt, uh, and that's the nature of that covenant and what occurred there. And it got worse as time went on. The people demanded a king, so. Now, that was added and should never have been and wasn't necessary, but it was because they wanted to get away with something. They wanted to just keep sinning and then have a man come drive the enemy away when God sent a man to punish them. Well, don't work like that, as they found out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and God finally, and he told them there when he accepted it, this is the last time you're going to mess with me. From now on, you're going to bear the burden of what you've asked for. And what it will add to your taxes and whatever.
0: Your son's going to war.
1: Yeah. And your daughter's taken for himself. Yep. Well, now that was the nature of that covenant. It was a bond covenant. And that does not mean oppression. It does not mean those old evil people were being hurt by God. He was a wrathful old God that made them do things that were bad. You know, you heard that in some of the church breakups on the churches of God. No. To have even that covenant was so much better because they at least had the law, of Moses, and that was so much better than any people on the earth as a nation had ever had up to that point.
0: Yeah, and I think a better way to describe it is the legal obligation rather than bond woman yeah i mean it's he was legally obligated because of his oath to have this relationship with them and he kept going and kept going and, and put up with a lot from them yeah. slap it after slap in the face just like moses at the foot of the mountain we want moses in between us and you and then no we don't want you as our king we want a we want a man as our king yeah and that's a slap in his face
2: yeah well, in, in uh, Deuteronomy five twenty nine, which was right after the verse that they are right in all that they have spoken or they have spoken well, what they have spoken, he mm-hmm. says, "Oh, that this mm-hmm. is God talking! Oh, that they had such a heart as this, always to fear me and keep my commandments, that it might
1: w- go well with them." You know, he, he's just that's a lament. That's yes, a lament. Right?
2: Broken hearted. Yes. yes.
1: But I want to get back before we skip on to verse, uh, to chapter five of Deuteronomy. I didn't finish that. He said, uh, he said, the Lord did not make this covenant with your, our fathers. Now, he's not talking about our parents because he did make the covenant with their parents and it applied to them as well. But with us, those of us who are here today, all of us who are alive, that expression, our fathers, means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Lord talked with you face to face on the mountain from the midst of the fire. I, Moses speaking, stood between the Lord and you at that time. He's talking about when the covenant that they now share 40 years later was finally ratified. And he's saying, I stood between the covenant, between the Lord and you at that time when it was ratified to declare to you, The word of the Lord for you were afraid because of the fire and you did not go up the mountain. So that clearly states places the time of the ratification of the covenant. They now share as being in Exodus 24. When he brought the he began to say he told Moses after they walked away, get your book and come here and start writing stuff down. You're going to be this mediator. And then when he finished doing that, time you get to 24, he asked the people once again if they would agree with it, and they said, yes, all the Lord has said we will do, and that's when the blood was put on the altar and the people. Okay, that's what this is talking about right here at the end of verse 4 of Deuteronomy 5.
0: So is it safe to say that this is now yet a different or a a new offer for covenant in 20 exodus 23 and 24 this is not the same offer of covenant that was offered in 19.
1: that's right and the way it's expressed by the prophet ezekiel over in chapter 16 he said as he would continue to do the same thing as they step further away over time he said god diminish your allotment Now that's talking that's terminology of a marriage. The bride was not faithful, therefore her rights and what she would get from the marriage were diminished rightfully. So this covenant becomes diminished. And it's not something we can add Jesus to and say it's still in effect. The covenant. Okay.
0: And and there again.
1: The covenant is not Different the law. Different than the law. <laughs> okay. The laws
0: have not been abolished. It is the, this covenant right here that was ratified in 23 and 24 of Exodus and then remembered here in early Deuteronomy 5. That is what was nailed to the cross and yes, done away with.
1: that agreement. That's what Paul is that talking about. That agreement's finished. That's right. That marriage is finished.
0: When, a, when but, a wife kills her husband, the marriage is over.
1: Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. But the, God's laws are valuable for all time, as in our last podcast. That's that's what the law of liberty is, the word of God. There is, no, there is value in every word God has ever spoken to Israel, but all of it is not incumbent upon a righteous son. Like Paul said, he doesn't need a mediator between us and God when we honor God and love Him and we have the mediator Jesus Christ and have faith in Him. It's only men who have little faith and think that the only way other people people can know and, uh, and honor God correctly is if they rule their lives.
2: I think it's uh, verse 4 there that you just read in Deuteronomy 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important to point out when Moses says, the Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain, mm-hmm. and then the second half of that verse, he says, "While I stood between the Lord and you at that time, to declare to you the word of the Lord." That's that's not the same time.
1: No, it, it's a, because you were afraid because of the fire. So that means that what he's saying when he stood between the Lord is when the covenant was made back
2: in, in, in twenty
1: four. Exodus twenty four. No, the covenant was made that he's talking about in, chat, in verse two, when he struck the covenant with these people. Oh. That was not the same one as with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He was standing between them and putting the blood on them because they were afraid and already had refused to go. They up had to asked God. for that. Yes.
2: Yeah, well, and my my point is, is that uh, th- they did hear his voice at the mountain. Of
1: course, it says that repeatedly. In the
2: but Bible. but when Moses had to tell them what God had said, that was uh-huh. after. That was before he sprinkled them with the that's blood. That's a good point. You know. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point. Because if you just read it, you think, well, maybe they didn't hear him, and got, uh-huh. and, and Moses had to translate or something. It says
1: over and over in the Bible <laughs> they heard him. Read Hebrews twelve. Yeah. So
2: the differentiation is they heard him in
0: Exodus nineteen. Yes. But in twenty three, twenty four, Moses is basically acting as the mediator that they asked for, and that's when he tells them.
1: That's right. He's saying, at that time, okay, I stood between the Lord and you at that time. When is at that time? When the covenant was made. That refers when the, the covenant they now share that's not the same one as the fathers was finally struck in chapter 24. Moses was standing between God and the people to do that because they were afraid and had already refused to come up.
2: To all them. right, uh, Exodus twenty-four three. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord. So he got the words, came yes. and told them, and all the all the all the words of the Lord and all the rules or, or decrees. And all the people answered with one voice and said, "All the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do." Now he's. They, New they, covenant. They do a sacrifice. He takes the blood and he sprinkles it on the altar and he, and he sprinkle, uh, splashes it on the people. So, right. so
0: that is the Sinai covenant.
1: And, that's right. And then in verse, Not the
0: one in 19. Right. No, that they rejected
1: broken. that. Yes. And now that's the one Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew. Right. And that's why he said, this: when I ratified this other between you and the Lord, you rejected that. And that's why it's different than the one I shared with them. And that'll be an
0: important to remember when coming to Hebrews 12.
1: Yes. Very important to remember. Uh, I just want to get that that one across, because that's
0: Very misunderstood. Yes. Very misunderstood.
1: They, they m- It made took me a long time to it. get it. Yeah. So now you have a wife that doesn't love her husband. Doesn't trust him. Our sons. What is trust? Who are not righteous.
0: Faith. A wife that does not have faith in her husband. Or a son that doesn't have faith in his father.
1: That's right. Anything else you, we need to talk about before, because that defines the nature of the covenant. Now, you know, we can talk a, a long time, which I don't want to do in this podcast, but about some of the, things that were added because of transgressions but we've seen we've talked about some that are very clear they're right from the very beginning there was no tabernacle there was no place for god to meet with the mediator the ten of moses he said we've structured this entire authoritarian structure of this to have this mediator moses man stand as god before the lord And he had even said, you know, when God was talking to Moses when he met with Pharaoh, that he would be as God for him. Now the people are demanding. They don't want God, a personal relationship with God. They want it through Moses. So this entire authoritarian system is set up because of that. So the place that God would place his name, the people restricted and only was supposed to come there at certain times under certain conditions and in a certain manner because they had no direct association with him and i will put a just a footnote in here except for those few individuals over time who in their personal relationship did find a better way to god because of their hearts and were they list those are listed in Hebrews 11 and 12. So the worst son who did.
0: Noah, David.
1: But, yeah. But as for the nation of Israel and the covenant law that was upon them, it was marred by this. So it's a schoolmaster to teach them right and wrong and to keep them in a righteous line, at least on that level, until a better thing should come. And then... That's what Paul talks about in his letter to the Galatians and others when he said it was a schoolmaster. But now that the real thing has come, we have to know God in a better way. Now, what is that better way? See, that's the difference between the old and the new. Okay. So you think of anything else we need to talk about about the old in this issue before we go forward? Okay,
0: I think we got it. Yeah.
1: The real thing, the major difference, I, because we get to discussing this with folks and they say, well, uh, then uh, if the covenant was nailed to the cross, then the law was nailed to the cross. I don't think so. No. It but says in Genesis, in Genesis 26.5 that Abraham, our father, kept God's commandments, his laws, his statutes, judgments, and it's charge. Anything God commanded him or told him. And we have charge from Christ, our Savior. It's not written in the law. Preach the gospel.
0: Ezekiel 36, Jeremiah 31. He will write it upon your hearts. He will okay. clean
1: you up. There we begin to talk about the difference in the Old and the New Testament. It's not just about what a law there is. It's about a change in the very nature, in the inner core of what, Motivates the relationship with God that we have. Not just about a code of law. One or the other. Because a true child of God will love anything God has ever said, and come to know the good that it had, whether it applies to him or not. He won't think it's something's all abolished and in the past, or it was for the Jews. Sorry,
0: or it's all still. Here and we have to abide by every single thing, including sacrifices and no, no,
1: no. It's just not right. But in order, I thought about how to make how do you make this transition, and it is in Ezekiel thirty-six. And for this, I want to turn there uh, because God is predicting what He also predicts in Jeremiah thirty-one. And first, He says this to Israel because it comes first to Israel. The come the the calling was and then to all the nations of the earth which this covenant covers verse
0: 22. verse
1: 22 therefore say to the house of israel thus says the lord god i do not do this for your sake o house of israel but for my holy name's sake which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went and i will sanctify my great name which has been profaned among the nations and profaned in their midst, and the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. For I will take you from the nations, gather you out of all countries, bring you into your own land, then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Just like your father Abraham, Galatians 3 tells us very plainly that if you are in Christ, you are children spiritually of Abraham.
0: Yeah, he says that flat out.
1: So this is the major difference in the covenants. You accept Christ as your Savior. You believe on him with all your heart. Repent of your sins. Be baptized and receive a different spirit, which God's Holy Spirit, which makes you, as we're told in the New Testament, a new creature. And
0: when Paul talks about the law and faith, the, the juxtaposition of law and faith this is it right here yes i would also read uh, again 26 here i will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you i will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh what were the ten Commandments and the law lo- or what was the law written on stone stone it's it's a replacement of of the old covenant with the new this yes. Is, this is the promise of the new covenant, prophesied many, hundred, several hundred years before it.
1: Well, longer than that, but it was it was prophesied. Well, Ezekiel and Jeremiah were what about five hundred years before Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was what was prophesied, and I'll bring you back by a new covenant. We're told in G- Jeremiah thirty-one. So that's the major difference, is the heart. And here, if we're truly in Christ, we have a heart to love him. We have a heart to love God. We're motivated to do that by the Holy Spirit because that's not in the natural man. We've become a new creation and a new creature. Our creation, as the New Testament says, Creature, it says in New King and the King James, I think, but the real word should be creation. Different than a regular human being that only has human nature. And the agape love of God then is in us, and we begin to change by showing forth the fruits of the Spirit, and Galatians five lists those.
2: And it's not an instantaneous process. It's a lifelong
1: journey. No, We talked about that even last podcast. Uh, It's a lifelong journey. We purify ourselves by keeping God's commandments. Now, people are going to object to that. Wait a minute. You can't do it yourself. It's a symbiotic relationship. I'm just taking what John said in 1 John, I think there at the end of chapter 3 or 4, in the beginning of 4. You purify yourself when you walk in his laws and, and keep his commandments. One who is of Christ or who is, has the Holy Spirit cannot be sinning because you are what you are.
2: Doesn't mean we don't occasionally. It means
1: we don't practice that. But that means don't. that's not where we're, we're about going about fulfilling our lust yeah. and fulfilling lawlessness and respect disrespecting the word of god is a valuable manual from beginning to end is how we ought to conduct our lives and that's the difference we're righteous sons because of the righteous spirit god has placed in us through his mercy and his grace though we don't deserve one minute of it
2: and and when we Receive that spirit, then we should want to have communication with God, and He does that through His Word. Yes, and if you never read it, then it's, you might as well not be communicating, here you're, you're yeah. not communicating.
1: I mean, it's a one appears to be a one sided relationship. Then we talk to God. We say we prayed. I got to ask, told someone, yeah, you know, who told me that? I say, you ever read the Bible? No. Within you want him to do for you but you don't ever talk to him let him talk to you yeah god's word is it becomes to be in your heart and my and, oh, and if
0: that's something we have talked about over and over and over on this podcast it's it's a heart
1: thing it's yes. about
0: your heart yes the desire to serve others the desire to do what god wants
1: and you know we We don't have to go through it now, but you can go through it later if we want to just make a podcast on that. But there is no mediator man here. That was brought in later by the Catholic Church, and it's kept in some form by churches today.
0: Yeah, and just to circle back on that, what I was talking about, I I knew about Constantine and how he kind of came in with an iron fist on that, but I think how they sell it, even to modern-day people, is if you don't have a mediator or, or a somebody in charge, that then there's just anarchy and chaos. That's what I was talking about in the last podcast. How little that's how faith. they sell it to the people. Exactly.
1: I agree with you. How little faith in Jesus Christ's ability right. to work right. in the minds of those who love him.
2: And of the, the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, uh, we say it every week in our weekly Bible studies. You know, there's a seat here that Christ is in, and nobody gets in the way. And, yeah. and we let the Holy Spirit flow among us That's right. as and, we study his word.
1: And we look at each other believing that Christ is there and having faith there, so we're, we're willing to listen to each other and end with structure of the New Testament building God gave to some apostles who laid the foundation of the church. That's been done. And prophets, those who bring the word of the Lord to others. He inspires. We have uh, all those that are listed in Ephesians 4, but those are gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's not a hierarchy of a mediatorship. (laughs) It's service to servants. And I know there are some who get upset about that because of the past concepts or heritage that I'm criticizing or putting people down. Or I've got a problem with this and that and the other. <laughs> I can say to them, I heard some words of wisdom this last week. To anybody who gets upset, then either I or anybody else that would, would say that, it was Tucker Carlson talking about an interview or a conversation he had with Mike Tyson. And he said, did he ask him if he he said do you get upset when people criticize you and mike tyson said yes i do when i begin to think i'm something but then i remember that i'm nothing and i'm okay with it huh <laughs> that's what humility is because even in the words of the apostle paul in his letters he plainly told the people he was, you know, he was there to, to do what he was given by God to do. But he was not one that was there to rule over their faith. The leaders, as it should be, those who had the authority in the New Testament church, is the family. Yeah, it starts in the home. Yes, yeah, starts in the home, and it's to the elders, which was the sanctification. Whoever is the elder in in that particular family that are chosen by the church as trusted people who serve in humility to fulfill these roles and they do it in humility and love not showing partiality in any way and not puffing themselves up as being above anybody
2: well even uh, Paul sent Timothy I forget which church but probably more than one of them to uh, you know to teach and and uh, have a responsibility instruct. to instruct. Yeah, yeah. He was a young man, right? Yeah. And and so that you know that shows how the positions are are required. They needed a servant there, absolutely. And and that is part of the foundation of the church that the apostles laid. That's right. You know, when Paul left a, a, a city, they didn't have all the answers. No, so somebody had to come along and teach them these things. So. Yes.
0: And we'd be pretty hypocritical to say there shouldn't be any teachers if we just sit here. and that's,
1: <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. But teachers were servants. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ gave clear instructions about that. Don't call any man a rabbi, which means teacher. Don't give yourself a title which exalts yourself in any way. You're there to serve, and if that's where you, what you're truly doing in humility and love. Those who truly have God's spirit will recognize that and appreciate that. Once again, Christ is the mediator. The idea that we have to say if somebody here doing this or there'd be chaos is effectively saying that Christ is just a concept, that he's not really here. You know, there would be chaos until those that are not there for the right reason are gone. True. But that's the way it is. We're told that in Corinthians. What did Paul say? Yeah. Uh, there must be conflict so that those who are really approve may be shown.
0: Well, and the true minister, and this is my belief, and, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree, is the true minister is every husband and father in his home.
1: That's where it starts. Well, he's there serving, giving up his life. Yes, for his family.
2: Well, and, that, and that's one of the qualifications of. You know,
1: right? As you read through,
0: who is a bishop? Who is a deacon, or whatever? You know, that's the qualifications. They have to being be able a good to husband,
2: r- being r- a good run father their own household, right? Or how can they, right. uh, you know, run the household of God?
1: Yep. Yeah, we don't set up another mediatorship. This high place—that's the old sin of Jeroboam, son of Nebat would not bring down the high places, wanted a substitute place of worship other than the clear throne of God in heaven and our Savior, Jesus Christ.
2: And and it's it's uh, paganism.
1: That's what it is. Yeah. Well, that's what they demanded, mm-hmm. a type of Nimrod. Yep. The only difference between Moses and Nimrod is that God was working with Moses <laughs> and not with Nimrod. <laughs> but there's a clear difference in how it, now there's, tons of discussion on that and we could do that more if we think it's necessary on the New Testament but those things are works of love and service that are listed in Ephesians 4 Mm -hmm. they're not an authoritarian now you have pastors and pastors are protectors and protectors have a right to stand up and say hey what we're hearing here is wrong we're not listening to it or take this somewhere else we're going to protect the flock so and there are differences of administrations, but we're free. And this goes, this podcast goes along with the last one. We're just, free. We're a wife that loves God.
0: Just so you know, the when the people hear this, they're, the last podcast that they heard are the two that Neil and I did on uh, Michael Heiser's stuff. So oh, okay. uh, when when Richard refers to the last podcast, the last one he was on, which would be uh, Liberty and Freedom. Yeah. Or, Freedom and Liberty? Which yeah.
2: How did I do Whichever one it was.
0: Whichever yeah. one it was. Did we get everything in, Richard, that you wanted to cover today? Or I we think got time to squeeze something else in We just, in if we you just want? have
1: to make sure that we don't sit in Christ's seat. Yeah. And I've heard church, big church leaders say, you don't sit in Christ's seat, which means you don't argue with me. No, you're the one trying to sit in Christ's seat if right. you, you think that. Uh, it's a relationship of freedom and love and the government of God is the family. And within the collective church, there are differences of administrations and needs, and that depends upon local Mm -hmm. congregation. Uh, But if you really have God's spirit flowing through there and we're following the fruits of God's spirit, we don't break up over that and we don't have anybody trying to play God. And I'm sorry if that offends people, but it's the truth.
0: Yeah, just the same way uh, with Israel rejecting God to be their king and asking for a man to do that, we shouldn't do that within our congregations, asking for a minister to basically be the king over our, our gathering. We should allow the Messiah. That's right. Just as you've said, allow the Messiah and his Holy Spirit to lead your gatherings, to lead your congregation. And and the and the Spirit and the Messiah will delegate certain responsibilities within the elders of your organization and they or will your be, gathering, and and everything will be taken care of. You don't need a man to be over the congregation, uh, an all-encompassing, all-in-charge person. Uh, it
1: should be all of the elders. And it and that is part of what Paul was getting at. There in Hebrews 12, when he talked about, not Hebrews 12, Hebrews 8. I hope that reading this different, reading this now, people have a little different view of it. In verse 11, he said, None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord. Well, that's the objective, because we're all supposed to come up to him. For all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant. That's not addressing God's law. That's not addressing ceremonial law. That's addressing the marriage agreement. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete is growing old and ready to vanish away. Now, remember, when he said that, he's saying it is now becoming obsolete because they're learning a better way. That first marriage agreement is gone, and now we're coming up to God to know him better. And that old way is growing old and ready to vanish away. Now, he wrote this like 30-something years after Christ died. Okay. He's not, he's not talking about something that's already done away. The covenant has been changed, has been done away because of the death of Christ. But the new covenant has brought a better way to know him. And this is what he's talking about. It's just a much better way. To know him like Abraham did. That's right. And back up in verse 6, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry Inasmuch as he Christ is also the mediator, not some other man or men, of a better covenant which was established on better promises, a better marriage agreement that's established on better promises. Okay. Yes, and it is
0: for sure. It's the original.
1: Yeah, it's what Abraham it's the and way Isaac it should have been. Yes, it's what he offered Adam and Eve.
0: Yeah. All right, anything else, Mr. Neal?
1: No, I think we covered pretty much everything. All right, Richard? I think that's enough for now.
0: All right. Well, thank you for clicking play and listening to this podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.